This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Hi everyone, I'm Jane Tara and I'm chatting to authors and experts about their self-help, wellness and personal development books. If you're looking for ways to be happy, be well and be inspired, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Better Reading B. For over three decades, award-winning, best-selling author Kaz Cook has been helping generations of girls and women with her practical, reassuring and fun guides to life stages. I certainly feel like she has guided me through many life stages with Up the Duff, The Real Guide to Pregnancy, and also Babies and Toddlers. Her latest book is right on point with what I need right now, and of course it's all about me, right? It's the menopause, the lowdown on everything you need to know in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. I certainly learned a thing or two or more, and I'm thrilled to have Kaz here to talk me through this. Kaz Cook. Welcome to Be Better. Hi, Jane. Uh, welcome to the club. Welcome to the <laughs> menopausal club. Lou, I think I've, I've been, well, I mean, this is interesting because I don't really know at what point that club starts or stops. And um, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine, my bestie, just, just recently, and I said to her, look, I've gone through menopause because I haven't had a period for a year. And she goes, well, that doesn't mean you're through it. And both of us, educated, you know, well-educated women who are smart and know a thing or two about our own bodies and health, we realised that we actually don't know where it ends. Your book landed on my desk and I was like, oh, fantastic. You know. Yeah. <laughs> what really fascinated me in doing, well, a lifetime in a way, but, you know, three years of research with, with experts And I did a survey of almost 9,000 Australian women Mm. um, online who told me 75,000 things or two. But I was just astonished and actually really reassured to know that many women are having their first perimenopausal, meaning around about the time of menopausal, although we tend to think of it as leading up to So in your 40s, many women are having an early menopause before that and the book talks to them about all of that as well. But we don't know that very often in our 40s, years before we have a hot flush Mm. or, you know, a dry vagina or the things that are the, the typical stereotypical things of menopause, we think we're going mad because we have associated anxiety and depression and a crash in self-confidence mm-hmm. and also and brain fog and all these feelings that make us people are quitting their jobs they're yelling at their children having a horrible time with their partner and then quite often they will hit what's called perimenopause because it's recognizable symptoms like hot flushes and they might not even know though that I didn't know that sleep problems are a huge part of uh, perimenopause. And then the technical medical definition, as you say, is you haven't had a period for a year. But I think that's going to end up being changed because that's not, that's a 
definition that helps doctors just to write something on a form. It doesn't help us to know what we're going through. Mm. And it also doesn't tell us the thing that no one had ever told me that that means you're in menopause. You are menopausal. So what you've been through is menopausal symptoms or the perimenopause. Mm. And then the way the medical brethren of the past and now sorority talk about it is you are then in menopause, if you like, for the rest of your life. But, for example, if you're on the pill and taking one every day or you're on certain kinds of uh, menopausal hormone therapy, you might not even know where the period has stopped. Mm. Mm. Yes, exactly. And a couple of my girlfriends are in that situation. So I know very clearly that it's been just over a year and it, it has actually been a very easy process for me generally. I haven't had the hot flushes. I haven't had any of that. I've had anxiety and brain fog, I would say, are my kind of, you know, symptoms. But I would say that my perimenopause. What happens if you get a period tomorrow? You've got to reset the clock. So that's what's happened to lots of women. Oh, don't tell me that. Could that happen? Absolutely, (laughs) that could happen. And some people are still having hot flushes in their 70s. So as you say, the experiences are so different for different people. And the important thing is for me not to say, oh, well, I had terrible sleep problems, so you'll have terrible sleep problems. Mm. And you say, well, I never have a hot flush, so what's all the fuss about? Mm. We have to be very careful of each other and of of this knowledge that we have. There can be um, more than 35 symptoms, which I've talked about in the book, but you won't get them all, thank God. But I think what the book clarified is something that I'm coming to understand in retrospect more is the lead up to menopause for me. My 40s were hell. It was absolutely hell every month. And, and of course, I thought I was crazy or at least my ex told me I was crazy. And I went to the doctor and I sort of was asking for help, you know, what, and they offered me. Was this all mental symptoms or did you have the crazy heavy periods? Yes. Yes. That that, and it was three days a month. I was like Medusa, but the rest of the month I was okay. But it was three days a month. I was like Medusa, but it was also, I used to say it was like having a plastic bag over my head. It was very foggy. I just didn't see clearly. When you say Medusa, who's the mythical figure with snakes for mm. hair, do you mean you had the characteristic rage? Yes. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was it was really tough. I ended up going on some hormone treatment. And honestly, within a month, it my life had completely changed. Yeah. Um, now, talk to me about, so HRT, but you also talk about M- MHT. Well, in the book. well, doctors don't want to call it HRT anymore because that stood for hormone replacement therapy and what they want to call it now because all sorts of people for different reasons have uh, hormone therapy. So they're calling it MHT, menopausal hormone therapy. Um, but it's pretty much the same idea, estrogen. And if you still have your uterus, uh, then you've got to take progesterone as well. And that's explained in the book. And that's that's to reduce cancer risk. And there have been all of these old studies that have really frightened women and also doctors about MHT. But we have new formulations, we have new information Mm. and MHT 
for many women like you is a really great tool to have to deal with many, not all of them, many of the perimenopausal and menopausal symptoms, including things you can't see or feel, right, like um, bone loss, bone Mm. density loss and increased heart disease risk and those things. So, you know, there's so much, there's like a buffet of symptoms and then there's a buffet of uh, solutions, which I talk about in the book, because there isn't a one-size-fits-all. Many women can't take menopausal hormone therapy because of a previous history with perhaps breast cancer Mm. or another estrogen-related cancer. But in fact, what they don't know and what many GPs don't know is that even those women can almost certainly use an estrogen-based cream inside their vagina, which helps them with dry vagina problems and also somewhat miraculously actually pelvic floor problems because one of the things that women, one of the taboos I think that's absolutely huge in women's lives is what I'm calling sneaky we, because I just hate those sort of medical words like incontinence and that can just make us all feel awful, right? Those medical terms like incompetent cervix. Well, you know, you've got an incompetent scrotum. Shut up. Um, (laughs) So I call it sneaky we, and it's that it's that loss of control if you're laughing or coughing or, you know, often exerting yourself or jumping or something like that. And those are things that people are so embarrassed about that they won't talk to their friends. And the other thing is the way menopause is reported is often you're going to go into menopause, take this magic hormonal drug and it'll fix you. So people take it and realise it doesn't fix everything or it's really useful, or they don't want to take any medication and they're, then they fall prey to all sorts of claims about herbal and wellness concoctions that aren't actually helping. Yes, and, and you cover that a lot in the book and it's a fantastic chapter actually about the lie that we're being fed, you know, yeah, that these I- things will fix us, they will help us in some way. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I believe in, you know, self-help and lifestyle changes, but people are being sold expensive, all sorts of things from moisturising creams and so-called menopausal shampoos. So I just set out what can and can't be done. And I'm not here to tell people you must take medication or you must not take medication. I want to present it more as a buffet, but people have to be fully informed about that. And I, and I don't think that they are. No, they, and the, my conversation with my best friend proved that we're both into, you know, health and wellness. You know, we, we both thought that we sort of knew about our bodies and what was happening. Then we went, well, actually, where does menopause start and end? You know, so very, very basic sort of starter question for this stage in our lives. And we didn't know the answer to that. Yeah. And I think it's really great that girlfriends are starting to talk about it and be open about it. And people at work are starting to talk to, um, you know, their, their fellow staff members because it can be very, very tough for people at work. It can be very, very tough for people in a relationship. But then again, a lot of menopausal information just assumes you have a husband and that any problem with sex is because you have a a dry vagina and your husband doesn't like it. But what the survey proved to me, among many other things, Jane, oh, my God, so much fascinating information, is that this is rarely talked about. It's not just that you have a dry vagina, it's that sex starts to really hurt. People mm-hmm. talk about it in terms of feeling like razor blades and 
one thing that broke my heart was talking to a, a specialist women's psychiatrist and she said she has patients asking for painkillers so they can get through sex with their husband or their partner. Um, and so, you know, assuming that someone is straight, assuming that they have a partner or assuming that they don't, I just wanted to write a book that includes everybody. And it because it has so many quotes from women from that survey in each section, it feels like, or I want it to feel like a conversation as well. But it really worries me because so often now when, if you go online, you know, maybe the first 10 results for the menopause symptom that you're searching for is a commercial result. Mm. So you will go and it will feel like you're in a lovely supportive conversation in a chat room on that website. And then strangely enough, they're all recommending the product Mm. or it all turns into testimonials for what that product is. So I wanted to have a completely non-commercial, friendly, supportive community of voices in this book that that is not reliant on, you know, I'm not trying to push anything in particular except the the truth as I could find it. So with my, um, you know, research with medical and psychological and other experts uh, as well. Definitely, definitely achieved that. And I loved reading all the, they're like in sort of little bubbles. It's beautifully designed and just easy to sort of see all the testimonials from women um, who have been in your survey. But going back to the painful sex, my girlfriends and I are talking about this and a couple of them have been to the doctor and getting hormone treatment for it and everything. But I, I can remember reading in the book and I can't quote it exactly, but one woman said, I didn't have a problem at all because I was, I met a younger guy or something like that. It was <laughs> a lot of younger guys, Jane. I think she was she was quite getting quite busy. Um, <laughs> she didn't have any problem with lubrication, but but that's one of the things that you know people don't want to talk at that level, and I understand that. And you know, I wanted to say to women, yes, you can take hormone therapy, you know, the, the patches or a gel, or but it it, it might not be enough. Mm. sort out what's happening in your vagina. So there's a whole section on that as well. And people are being sold all sorts of so-called vaginal moisturisers. A lot of the GPs are not up with it. Most people post-menopausal, perimenopausal, most women will need to use lubrication when they have sex. And I've talked about which kinds are best. as well as uh, having something that treats, you know, the general lack of juiciness in the entire sort of body. But what, you know, there are some changes that I didn't realise sort of not, they're sort of recalcitrant, right? So you get this, you get more weight around your middle. It's a redistribution. And that's something I was never aware of, that just we go through puberty and I've written, you know, my girl stuff books for mm. teens and preteens, and I say, you're going to get breasts, you're going to get hips, it's normal, it's normal to have a curvy tummy. But what people don't tell you is when you're menopausal and the estrogen changes, it doesn't matter if you take MHT, you are still going to have more weight redistributed around the middle. So you end up looking more like a dugong shape, <laughs> right? And I think many women are finding that really confronting because, you know, even if they're very fit, their body shape has changed. And that's something that we've got to tell people. And just the dry skin, I couldn't work out. 
I had no idea that this sudden itchiness that it just really seemed to have come to stay. Oh, yes, I know. You were talking about that and I went, oh, of course, I've had that, you know, and like scratching my scalp or or nether regions. (laughs) Well, that's different. And and then I do have a chapter. i got to tell you, Jane, I never anticipated in my life I would have a section in a book called Mysteriously Irritable Vulva. Which you say is an Agatha Christie title. That's so funny, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I wanted to be so, in in none of my other books have I been this open about what I've been through. Like the intro of the book, I'm a bit nervous at the moment because there's a magazine that's about to excerpt the intro and it's so personal. It sort of says the things that I've been taking and and a few of the things that have happened to me. and But I just, I'm sort of scared about that. And especially with, you know, journalism training, you sort of, you, you're not supposed to put yourself into the, you know, story or report or, but I just thought I have to be as honest and open as I can because not being honest and open is how we ended up in this situation where, most GPs are given an hour of training, if that, in their studies mm. about menopause. And it's something every woman will go through. Mm. And lots and lots of non-binary people and lots of trans people as well. Mm. Um, and, and I think, you know, people have been really suffering in, in silence. And so the book is very bolshy. There's lots of cartoons, lots of jokes, but 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 it's never a joke against women who are going through this. No, um, not at all. Uh, you know, part of it is because you have actually been so open. And I think that's a really important part of the book because I might have great girlfriends who I, I can sit down with and talk things through and work out what we don't know and talk about stuff and be open, but not everyone does. This book is like sitting down with a good girlfriend oh, who's that- going to hand you the information that you need to know about this phase in your life but also you know you'll have a laugh and a wine together you know it's it's that makes me so happy to hear you say that because that's exactly what I wanted and it was so funny that you know like reading some of the quotes you know because uh one woman said oh I'm from an Italian family no one will ever mention this or talk about it and then another woman said oh I'm from an Italian family we talk about everything and I thought <laughs> isn't that interesting even in you know we, we sort of all make assumptions mm-hmm. about whatever and I think a lot of women thought that their menopause experience would be the same as their mother's or their sisters, and it's not, that you absolutely cannot assume that. And also to a little degree, but really not in a helpful way, if you have a really shocking history of menstrual problems, you might want to brace yourself for menopause because who knows what your hormones are going to do then. You really can't, you know, if you started your period early or you might have early menopause, but you also might not. That individuality of it I think totally throws a lot of doctors too. But I think, and there's a whole section about how to talk to your doctor, how to to get a medical team, what to ask for from your GP. And if you're not getting it, when to make the jump and find somebody else. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I went to three in my 40s I, wow. because I, I needed to find someone who was actually going to listen to me. Yeah, I didn't need an antidepressant. I wasn't depressed. It was this period every single month that I would come up against that was just destroying my life. And then I'd regroup for a month and then I'd regroup for a month. Yeah. So it was a cycle. And, that, well, and, and that's the other thing. One of the cartoons in the book is a woman saying to another woman, oh, is that the ABC logo? And she says, no, that's a graph of my hormones. Yeah. So the <laughs> yes. logo goes up, down, up, down, around, and then comes back again. And so what happens is people will have a really light period and think, oh, well, maybe I'm approaching my menopause. And then they'll have the heaviest period they've ever had that goes on for three weeks two months later, and they'll go, what? So their symptoms are different. They're not connecting some of what they're feeling with the menopause. A lot of them are being told you're too young for the menopause you're, or you're too young for anything to be happening yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you say, it's about you listening to yourself and finding someone who can listen to you and, and be helpful as well. I think, a, I think there has been a kind of stoic, idea that women should just be quiet and get on with it. And I think a lot of the people who had an easy time are like, well, what's the big deal? You know, stop Mm. complaining about it. And they don't know what the other person is, is feeling. Mm, That's right. I don't understand hot flushes, but I understand the brain fog, you know, and I think we all go through different things. And I discovered some things in your book that I'd hadn't considered before. Like you talk about dental and gum issues. Now, I think a lot of us know that, you know, when we're pregnant, this can happen. Hasn't occurred to me that it could happen going through menopause. I've never had, I've never even had a filling. I've always had really good teeth and I rocked up to the dentist about two years ago for my annual check thinking, oh yeah, another 15 minutes here and out I go. And you know, there was a problem there that just, I was flawed. And now I kind of realise, well, maybe it's menopause. Yeah. I mean, that list of 35 plus symptoms in the book, which I've memorised is on page 36, so I can flip to it. People yeah. ask me. I mean, that is extraordinary. You know, digestive problems and sleep, uh, the sleep problems. I think it's comforting. I think it's comforting to know and to be aware of that so you can kind of put two and two together a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I started to have hot flushes, I thought I was having little anxiety attacks because it's so similar. It's like blushing 
and a blush that doesn't stop and gets more in for me stop, it wouldn't stop and got more and more intense until you know you're throwing off your party and sweating and so then you think oh my god these pers- people that I'm speaking to and say if you're a teacher or a nurse or you're giving a, an address at a, a, an office meeting or something and you feel that all eyes are on you so you think oh they must think I'm bonkers or drunk or something, and then so that get, you get into a role and then you feel embarrassed. So then you're blushing as well and, you you know, and then do you mention it, do you not mention it? That's one of the things that I thought was so important to say to people, watch out for this. Don't just think you're having a, it's not an anxiety attack, you're not freaking out. And once you know that, that can really help you to get through a a hot flush, even if you're sort of under scrutiny at the time. And then I was so dim, Jane, this is why I write books because I've got to find things out because I'm a fool. I didn't even connect getting really hot at night with, with the hot flushes of the day. So the night sweats that I had, I'd be throwing off the blanket or doona and just thinking, oh, I haven't made up the bed properly. You know, it's unseas. It's 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 one of those times where you know women always blame themselves for things, but suddenly I was blaming. Well, the because dinner. it's all in our mind, isn't it? We've been told that forever. You know, it doesn't yeah. exist. We're we're hysterical. We're crazy. It's all yeah. in our mind. You know, so we make excuses for things. So, do you think in the situation, um, let's just say someone is listening to this and she goes, "Oh yeah, you know, at work I've got up in front of people in meetings and I've had a hot flush or two, and it's really confronting." Is the best thing to do just to turn around and go, sorry, I'm having a hot flush? How do you how do you think we should talk about this? I think you have to make your own informed decision about your workplace mm. because some women certainly said that their workplaces were not approachable, that people made mean jokes about them, that often younger people would make a joke about when you'd forgotten a word, which is so characteristic of menopause, like trying oh, to find that is me. Yes, yes. Which you do get through. You do get through that to the outside. But and and I know you're a writer as well, and that is a frightening thing. But many large workplaces have had to pay out huge, huge million dollar settlements to people who have been teased or discriminated against at work because of menopause. So I would say if you can talk to your company if it is if it's a bit big enough or even if it's a small firm about what their menopause policy is and there's a chapter in the book about you know workplaces are realizing if they want to keep these senior smart women in in whom rests an incredible amount of corporate memory and uh, knowledge and skill and experience um, they need to keep their workers who are going through the temporary perimenopausal bit mm-hmm. And not lose them to going, oh, my God, these women going, I can't do this anymore. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of women who will say, oh, I'm having another hot flush. And then, you know, if there's nice people in the workplace, they'll say, oh, should we open the windows? And, you know, if everyone's on the same side, mm-hmm. then that can be really, or, or they might just stand there and fan their face and go, oh, for God's sake, it'll be over in a minute. And then mm-hmm. and I know on film sets 
that older actors, older actresses are often just, they have to stop shooting and they put, they bring makeup in to redo the face and reset and go again after a hot flush. And and, and there's no hiding that. Mm. And, And I do think if it's possible, it is useful because I would rather people knew that I was having a hot flush than they thought I was lying or anxious or embarrassed. All the things we think when people turn red, you know, mm-hmm. we have this other language and all these so-called body language experts. I've never seen one, for example, that will mention menopause. Mm. Actually physically changes what your body does and how you move to try and, you know, keep, I'm, I'm fanning my face with my hands as I'm yes, speaking. Yes, yeah. You know, that, yeah. Um, which, which people use to indicate being flustered. Yes, and I guess also, you know, as a viewer of that, you can perceive it to be sort of just anxiety, uh, which is another really common symptom um, of menopause. And I know I sometimes get really anxious about things now and just think, oh, you know, does it pass? You know, how do I manage what I've got to do with that kind of underlying sort of anxiousness that... That one, a lot of women have great success with MHT. People who can't take MHT can also take other medication for hot flushes. So you need to find a GP who knows what they're talking about and what to prescribe because there's more research all the time. And I'm I'm absolutely sure that information in the book will change. This is as good as I can make it for now. Mm. I'll update it as time goes on. But I think all of those things together, having being able to talk about it at home and at, or at work or have a strategy that works for you. And one of the things I talk about, like sometimes that rage that happens at home is completely righteous. Mm. It's about being a woman in her 40s or 50s who somehow is still cooking for grown-up children and doing the laundry of everybody in the house where even primary school age kids can put on a load of washing. And one of the things I say is to, to tackle though that, that rage, you know, that, that yes, there might be very helpful medication, there might be very helpful self-help stuff you can do, except, I mean, who has the time to do yoga and meditation and go on their yacht <laughs> for, a, for a bit of a break? So if people in the house are going to have to change and pull their weight, and men in particular in statistically are going to have to be told, here's page 36 with all the symptoms. And oh, here's- no, they need the whole book. I actually think this is a great book for women to be giving men. So I went through my 40s and the rage and the per- awful perimenopause in a partnership, but also a blended family situation where I'll, it was hell. It was awful, you know. Now that ended and so did my rage, I must say. <laughs> I don't have that at all now. I'm really quite chilled. <laughs> Chicken and egg situation there, Jane. Um, And I think the more people can be open, the thing that I think is really corrosive and destructive is the kind of relationship or home or workplace where people roll their eyes and go, oh, she's off again. Exactly. I think sometimes women need to, because honestly, what makes you more furious than being told to calm down? Honestly, that's when I start breaking the furniture. Mm. In fact, the words don't stress uh, make me go stratospheric. And it's very hard without, uh, especially when you're in it, to see what your rage might be doing to other people. And also women are often, 
so exhausted and stressed, multitasking between the older generation, the younger generation, homework, all of that emotional labour. I mean, how many men know the name of their kid, their teenage kid's English teacher and maths teacher and, you know, where the orange T-shirt is for the Halloween assembly and all of that stuff and looking after older relatives. I think there has to, I think women have to ask for more and examine where their own rage is coming from and whether there could be, uh, you know, more than one answer to it. Mm, Absolutely. And, you know, I'm 10 years past that point now and can look back and see clearly what was happening to me hormonally and also just the things that were happening in my life. And I wasn't crazy. You know, I wasn't hormonal. Well, I was hormonal, but there were reasons behind my responses to that each month as well. Oh, my God. I can tell you that if men were uh, inexplicably and unpredictably bleeding, had an itchy penis all day, couldn't Uh, remember uh, uh, any words, found that if they had a couple of glasses of alcohol, they lost four hours sleep. Or, I mean, a lot of women in the menopause survey for the book said, you know, if, if this happened to men, there would be a menopause clinic on every corner. And I think that's that's true in terms of research and the way it's treated. I, I think we all have to get in there to help change it. It is extremely annoying as a as a woman to have to keep fighting for things like equal pay and not being attacked in, in the street or in your own home. It just seems to me extraordinary that you can, we just have to keep fighting for all these things because if you stop, you lose all the ground that you've, Again, but I'm I'm so impressed by all the positive things that women have learned and taken from menopause, which is the last chapter of yes. menopause, and that gave me great heart. And also, so many better men in in the medical profession, but so many fabulous uh, newer uh, women endocrinologists, uh, gynecologists who are menopause specialists and who have are doing their their own research who are who have so much new knowledge to give and they the when I spoke to them the way they speak about their patients was so lovely they talked about whatever language they used and it was different some would say oh my ladies are really having trouble with this or and I thought my ladies that's such a sweet you know old-fashioned but it was all of it was coming from this lovely compassionate place of a new generation and a new couple of generations of medical people who want to help and don't like the way it has been in the past where women were considered poisonous if they had their period and witches if they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> and, and locked up. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it amazing that they didn't know what hormones were until the 1930s? It's just, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, and it, but even now we still don't, we're only coming to a point where we can understand them. And it's information like this, this wonderful book, it's The Menopause, and I love the title. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it was too boring but it's sort of meant to work as a what's happening to you oh it's the menopause it's the menopause no I get it it's love it's great yeah. it's you know it also I, I keep hearing the title as like an old aunt going it's the menopause dear you know it's the <laughs> menopause. yeah so you know there is 
so much information in this book. I urge everyone who is listening who has hit 40 and beyond to go out and buy it for themselves and also leave it on the table for your husband or your other half if you are in a partnership because I think it is absolutely essential reading. What would your advice be to anyone who's listening now and would be at this stage of their life? They haven't quite got the book yet. They've got to go to the bookshop. But what's the first thing you would say to them? Just knowledge is power. It's a terrible cliche, but that's because it's true. I really wish I'd had this book. You don't have to read it like a novel. You can look up a symptom in the index or you can, you know, go to the section that's useful to you. And there's also a section about appearance. So even if you haven't started, you don't think you've started the menopause, it's worth thinking about anything that you're blaming yourself for or not coping with as you get older, even in our 40s, you know, we're Mm. often told we're doing everything wrong. So I, I think this is just something to, to, as you say, to have as your friend. And many people are going to have early menopause before they're 40 and there's a, there's a section for them as well. But just be aware of what symptoms might be. And if, if you don't have a problem, you don't have a problem. Mm. But it's most women will have some symptoms and some women will have a really bad time and it will go on for more than 12 years. So don't suffer in silence is is the message, I guess. Yes, definitely just go out and buy the book anyway because you might not think that you have symptoms, but once you're reading it, some things start to make sense. It's another piece of the puzzle of, you know, maybe why you just don't feel like yourself. And I think one thing here, you talk about new or resurfacing anxiety, depression, OCD, trauma processing. Or resurfacing, yeah. Yeah, more serious conditions that you might just think are... um, that something that you're living with and you might not realise that actually, you know, it is a part of this period of your life. And I think it's really important to know that for any symptom that is getting in your way or making you feel distressed or freaked out, there absolutely is help. And one one of the things that I do with all my books is to have more info sections and to say, here's the takeaway piece of information you need and if you if you need to know more about this thing because do not just Google. I beg you, because there is a fire hose of crappy information about menopause being directed at us. There's a page in the book about which websites you can trust. There's all this utter crap on TikTok and Instagram. If it's fun, fine. But if, if you want real trustworthy information, you have to know where to find it. It's in this book. Oh, thank you so much for writing. It's the menopause. Thank you so much for coming here and talking to me today. It's just been wonderful. Everyone who's listening, who's over 40, you really need It's the Menopause. And and I'm very sorry I mentioned mysteriously irritable vulva, but one day you will know why. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.